0: Hello listeners and welcome back. We missed you last week while we took a little mini break and one of us was enjoying the uh, beach and the sunshine down in Mexico. Uh but we're back. We're back. We're rested. One of us is tan. One of us is not. That <laughs> one is me. And we have some exciting news to share with you and by we I mean Taylor, not too much has changed with me. So Taylor, take it away.
1: Well, you know, Monica, much like uh, America celebrated its Independence Day last (laughs) week. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I will be celebrating my own Independence Day um, from Headspace. No, that that sounds like that sounds weird, (laughs) but um, that's
0: very odd.
1: Um, I, I'm gonna, Um, I'm not editing it out though. (laughs) No, no, of course not. Um, no, not, not to say that I needed to be freed from headspace by any means. Um, but I have a new job, you guys, Mm. I, I, yeah, it's been a long process and I'm excited to share everything I learned. Um, but yeah, I accepted an offer last week while I was in the airport at 7. a.m about to take off to go to Mexico. And also Mm -hmm. I almost didn't go to Mexico because my passport arrived the day I was supposed to leave. I had a whole other story. (laughs) I had fully mourned the trip. Mm -hmm. I fully had accepted that all my friends were going to go to Mexico without me. And I was going to be sad sitting alone by myself after such a stressful month of interviews. Like the heavens smiled down upon me Mm -hmm. and delivered my passport to me the day before and I your offer. <laughs> and, and your my offer. Investment. It was, I mean, truly I like on, I think it was that Tuesday before I left, I got the email from whatever USPS tracking notifications mm-hmm. that my passport was coming. So two days before I was like, Oh my God, it's coming. Like uh, now I'm going. And then I think that same day I I knew that I I didn't get the official offers, but I knew two places were going to give me offers. So I was mm-hmm. like, wow. Like I think was it July 1st? I think it was like, it was like June 30th or something or June 29th, whatever. I'll have to go back. Cause it's going to be my lucky day now. But, um, but yeah, I, so yeah, I accepted an offer at square. Ooh. Ooh, Yay for me. Um, I didn't know a ton about square before I interviewed, but I knew, um, Maya who we had on one of our mm-hmm. episodes a few weeks ago or a few months ago at this point. Um, uh, talked a lot about it and how, like I, what's something that's really important to me is, you know, working at a mission driven company, obviously headspace is super mission driven, like, you know, improving the health and happiness of the world is our, is our mission or vision. I don't know the difference, but, um, so yeah, so it was really important to me to work somewhere that had a mission that would involve helping people. And, Mm -hmm. and I didn't like, initially I was like, okay, square, you know, you think of square is that little like white payments, you know, the white little reader that, that small businesses use to process mm-hmm. payments or that big, like, um, kind of iPad thing that they flip around and you add the tip But mm-hmm.
0: so I was that. like,
1: okay, it's a payments company. Um, but what I, but what I learned through the process was that it really just, uh, it really helps like small business owners and like empowers people to start their own mm-hmm. businesses and not deal with like crazy credit card Like agreements and all the stuff that that allows them to take credit card payments and just makes their lives easier. And especially during COVID, that was really important for a lot of business owners to be able to make their own money and keep their business afloat. So so yeah, I really I really started to identify with that mission. And um I guess like there were three things I was looking for at these jobs. Um I at one point was talking to 10 recruiters. We can get into that. I
0: was stressed out when you were doing that, honestly. I felt I felt overwhelmed for you.
1: Yeah. I have some notes for myself um, on, on, on the, the process, what mm-hmm. I did, but okay. um, but basically I, um, I knew going in and like every recruiter asked me this. So it kind of reinforced along the way, what I was actually looking for. They asked, you know, they'll ask like, what are you looking for in your next, in your next move? Or like, what would make you leave Headspace? And the three things I thought about were number one was the team. Like, is this a team that I feel like I can learn from and grow and feel comfortable asking questions and not feel judged? Um, and we've talked about that here before in interviews, like, you know, you, you know, when you're just vibing with someone and you, you feel like, oh my God, that would be someone that would be so great to work with, mm-hmm. not, not like trying to impress them. There's like a difference between trying to impress someone. I feel like you have feeling like you're being judged versus feeling like, oh, this person like is just helping me along the way. Like it's going to be super supportive. So that was, that was the number one thing. I already said the mission thing, like somewhere with a great mission. Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing was just like kind of working on stuff I haven't worked on before, or just like looking for a new challenge. So maybe solving new problems, answering new questions. Yes. Yes. Or, I mean, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with like actually the technical stuff. Mm -hmm. It could be like a different team that I'm not used to, like, you know, just out of my comfort zone, different style of company. Like I've worked at Companies similar to Headspace size my whole life. So it's like, okay, that's my comfort zone. I know that I can work on an edge team of like 10 iOS developers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at that scale. So so that kind of played a part. Um, and Square really ticked all the boxes. Like I um they just really have like a no-asshole policy in terms of people they hire. And it was really clear from everyone I talked to there. That that was the case. Like I didn't feel like scared or super uncomfortable in any, any of the interviews. So everything was super last minute because, like I said, I was interviewing at so many places that, like, as I was getting on sites, I had to just say okay. And, and then I had my vacation, so like mm-hmm. all of my on sites kind of lined up right before I left for my vacation. So at one point I was going to do an on site Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh my God. Um, which is actually how I scheduled them, but. Yeah. I, I made some last minute modifications that we can talk about, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yes, yeah, where was my first onsite? I, I did study some of the algorithm stuff, but mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I'm being honest with myself, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have really succeeded if any of my interviews were super algorithm heavy. Um, most of the stuff had to do with iOS directly. I did have to brush up on like data structure stuff that I just don't interact with that much, but mm-hmm. in general, like I knew what to expect and I wasn't thrown off. Like I knew what to expect going into the onsite with my project. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, it was just cool. And, and, and a cool thing about their process was that I met with like, um, different hiring managers along the way. So I knew who'd be my hiring manager and my hiring manager Mm -hmm. is going to be a woman. And that's so exciting. Just so cool. And we just talked about, like, we literally talked about imposter syndrome during the interview Mm -hmm. and just how. Did you tell her about the podcast? Does she want to be a guest? I'm sure. I'm sure she will. Actually, I think I did. I think I did at one point. I don't remember. Um, that was actually another, another factor for me. I was like, do I feel weird telling this person that I have a podcast about imposter syndrome or do I think they would think that's cool? You know what yeah. I mean? Um. So yeah, like th- that, that would mean the place really values me as a person and isn't like imposter syndrome. What's that? Like, you know, like I understand. Stance understands that's an issue. Um, and my manager even talked about it herself, how she dealt with it and and or deals with it. And um, and even I was like, This team sounds really intimidating. She's like, No, you can do it, it's a safe space, mm-hmm. like just made me feel so like safe and comfortable, and like it's gonna be challenging, but I'll have a support net, like a, a safety yeah. net, support network, and um, you know, I'm not gonna be by myself. And and square is that's a huge so important. It's totally, huge. yeah. It's a huge company, engineering wise. So it'll be really different. Like I'll see how companies at that scale work. But it's also kind of like little microcosm teams. Like there are there mm-hmm. are separate apps for a couple of different things. And, yeah. Um. And so yeah, it's. I'm just. I'm going to be 100% remote, which is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've been doing well. That not too different. different. <laughs> not too different. <laughs> um. But. But yeah, I think it'll be like just good work-life balance. It seems the people super supportive. And I just felt really like wanted, like I felt really Mm -hmm. like, like they really cared about me. I told them my timeline, like I'm leaving for Mexico. I want to make a decision by then. And they, Mm -hmm. they hopped, they got it. it. Yeah. And gave me an offer. And that wasn't the case with another place where I had to like hound them and be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. here I am. Would love to hear some something before this date. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I, ultimately I was just like, I'm, I'm going with square. I don't even need to hear like the other full offer. Um, and Mm -hmm. I had an offer from a startup that, I mean, we can talk about that too, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been talking this whole time, Monica, any questions, any questions about my process? Well, I wanted to call
0: out, you did use Ellie's, um, technique of specifically requesting a woman to be on the interview panel.
1: I did. And my, my recruiter was a woman and she was mm-hmm. like and so literally they got back to me on a tuesday like hey you got the onsite and then i scheduled the onsite for that thursday so two days so like mm-hmm. i because all my other days were full of other onsites mm-hmm. so i uh and i really wanted to get them in before i left so there really was such a short turnaround i was like hey mm-hmm. can we get some women in there she's like definitely i got you already got it and then they you yeah. came it was all men and a little intimidating but everyone was nice and then um and then after that, the recruiter was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. Like I had two women slotted, but since it was last minute, mm-hmm. something got shuffled around here's like a, a woman would love to talk to you, you know you tomorrow. So you can hear her experience. Um, and mm-hmm. then obviously I talked to the woman now who's, who's going to be a yeah. manager. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the recruiter was just like, yeah, like, you know, I, I really like, this is some, um, you know, diversity is something we're really focusing on, you know, in terms of getting more women also. And, uh, and so they were cognizant of it. Um, it's not like they were like, no, we don't have any more you know, like they they tried. Um mm-hmm. so so yeah. Um that a great technique though. I did that at all of my on sites that I was like, hey, are there any women on this panel? And they would be like, I don't know, and then come back. And I did get some definitely got some switched around. So that was nice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but yeah, Ellie totally use the Ellie technique. That was an mm-hmm. excellent technique and important. Cause honestly, it's pretty intimidating in like a five hour interview. And in a lot of these, like one person would be shadowing the person actually interviewing you. Mm-hmm. So you would have, I mean, obviously it's less intimidating than being in person. Like all of these were virtual onsites. I'm saying onsites, mm-hmm. but they were all virtual. Um, and, uh, it's intimidating to have like yeah, just yeah. all these men, like I'm staring at you and judging your work, um, but they were, yeah, they, they were nice, but it's, it's really a good barometer. Like some I felt comfortable with and some I did not. Um, mm-hmm. and in fact, in one onsite, I just said after meeting two of the people, I had a 45 minute break and I emailed the recruiter and I was like, I won't be continuing. I just, I can't, mm-hmm. um, I just didn't feel it. I, I and I had already had the square at that point. So I knew what it felt to, to be like comfortable and like actually like liking the people. And I didn't want to put myself through three more hours of, um, you know, a crazy, a crazy torture torturous process. <laughs> so I think I like I was talking to my therapist about this, and I think I I made a lot of decisions that were good for me therapeutically, mm-hmm. but they may mm-hmm. not they may not have been the most professional. But it's like I would just hope recruiters understand that people that are interviewing like you know if you're interviewing a lot of places and i told all my recruiters where i was applying or where i was interviewing and what i what was going on so they knew the situation um and you just kind of have to understand that like it's time 3 hours of my time is really valuable that energy especially toward the end i had been studying for yeah. one month i had been working on take homes like being evaluated by strangers every single day by that last week i was just so drained so if i got any indication that it wasn't going to be like an absolute yes. I was like, I'm not mm-hmm. doing this. Um, yeah. No, so I don't know. I, I may have burned some bridges, but, you know, I hope people understand. I think they would. Like, it's just tough. It's just tough out there. Um, Yeah. And also, like, I highly doubt you're
0: the first person to bail on the second half of an interview or to cancel an on site because you're already deciding between a couple other offers, I do think that you're putting a lot of thought into it and I would and potentially more thought into it than than other people because you're just a thoughtful person and you genuinely care like you know not wanting to to burn purchase. I think a lot of people go through this process and they're like don't you know so hyper focused on themselves and and getting the offer that they don't really care about yeah messing up the schedule
1: I mean I would like to think I was giving thoughtful response like answers and what I was saying was just like um you know I have to protect my time and energy and also Mm -hmm. yours like it's also three hours of your developer's time and both you and I have both the experience where we're like oh my god I have to do this hour-long interview it's pretty annoying like it's annoying so I mean it's it's time on both ends that's being wasted and also like had I gone through some of these onsites, then they do a whole debrief. Then they, then they all have to meet to talk about me. It's just like a lot of time on both ends. Mm -hmm. So I thought I was doing them the courtesy just as much as I was doing myself a courtesy, but I just was was like, I have to protect my time and energy and yours. And I'm not feeling that there's a fit. So I'll be like, you know, I won't be proceeding. Like I, I don't know. I think that was fine and. Um, I think I I think I definitely casted too wide of net. I was actually talking to Ellie about this and mm-hmm. um definitely coming from a place of imposter syndrome where I was like, I just need to talk to any place that has emailed me in the past few months that I am remotely interested in the product mm-hmm. and um and and go with the process. And I just didn't, I just didn't think I would get that many onset. Like I just didn't, I didn't know what to expect. So I was like, okay, yeah. let's do as many screens as possible and um. And see what I end up with, and what I ended up with was on sites everywhere. I like I mm-hmm. I ended even I did drop out some places, so I don't think I would have gotten offers everywhere. But I didn't I didn't hear a no. Like I, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was just like a crazy. It was really helpful to just my I mean my ego, and also just my mm-hmm. like just my you know like reinforcing like I am. A great developer, like I. You deserve to be here. You deserve a seat at the table. I deserve it. It's not like these people. And now I'm more senior in my career, so it's not like people are like, "Oh, we'll give her a shot." Like it's like, no, yeah. see my we're going to take a chance on you, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, like it's not taking a chance. Like they saw it mm-hmm. and they liked it, and yeah, um, and so that was really affirming and felt really nice, especially at Square where it was just like. You know the recruiters just like we really went to bat for you, and we did this and did this. And I kind of negotiated because I got like preliminary numbers, and I said, mm-hmm. you know, I have an offer that's like this much more from startup. Um, Like, can we get closer to that? And it was just a good process. Like, it really uh, made me feel. It, it's it's hard because you're like at headspace, you're like, oh no, like can I? Is anyone else gonna want me? <laughs> I just, you know, you're at somewhere so long, you get comfortable, you feel like it's just really hard hard to leave and the process is so daunting, but, um, but honestly I had like the square process is so humane is the word that keeps coming to mind (laughs) because the other ones are scary.
0: Yeah. I think it shows that they're very well managed just in the sense that they kept it moving and they stayed attuned to your needs as well. I do. I want to talk about, because you, you really just kind of dove in, you didn't, like tell yourself like okay i have to study for a month or two months you just started kind of lining up these initial Mm -hmm. calls and you also i don't know if if it was by specifically by choice or after talking to the recruiters but you did um most of your interviews were not the traditional like cs fundamentals um you know like balance these parentheses or like, tell me if this is a valid assortment of parentheses. Um, was that, was that something you were looking for? Is that just sort of how, how the cards played out?
1: I got so good at that parentheses question though. I wish I was asked it. <laughs> um It just happened. The only place that I had the decision was um at Square.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and other places I knew they told me, okay, it's not, I would ask, I would be like, is this going to be leak code algorithms? Every recruiter knows. Yeah. That and so part of the reason was I was like, okay, I'm going to start just having, cause you have to have the recruiter conversation. Like it's just yeah. kind of like unnecessary barrier to entry, but that's, yeah. you're not going to be told no at that stage. There's no reason to be nervous for that stage. And also they're not going to be like, okay, you must do an uh, like algorithm interview tomorrow. Like you can, so for all of them, I talked to all yeah. of them, started opening the doors to, to these places. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all places. I didn't cold apply anywhere, uh, except Pinterest, but I actually you like, I actually like went on the website and like applied for mm-hmm. a job. That's the only place I did that. Oh, wow. And then it turned out that they weren't, um, I have a friend that worked there. So she like referred me and I did mm-hmm. hear back. So that was good. Like, I actually heard back, you know, from applying, you know, into the ether, but mm-hmm. they, uh, they weren't supporting remote work at this time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I was looking for either fully remote or in LA and, mm-hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, so I, I, I started those convos and then was like, okay, I need like two weeks to prepare. And I just gave myself two weeks and yeah. asked all of them, like, is it going to be leak code, which is, if you don't know what leak code is, cause I honestly didn't know what it was until a month ago. It's just like a a portal with a bunch of algorithm questions, but it's really good. I actually paid for the premium <laughs> Membership for a month That it was pretty cheap. It was maybe like 30, bucks. it's like 35 a month. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but you can search by tagged, like people tag companies that have asked those questions and you can mm-hmm. search, you can search by company. So it kind of gives you a little bit of confidence going in. If you think you're going to get those questions. Um, but what were you places, searching by? Did square have a tag? Well, I didn't have to search for square. Cause I knew that wasn't going to be, I, I knew I didn't have a okay. screen. Um, but everywhere did, um, Except, uh, I mean, I guess I'll just say the companies I interviewed at, but I won't say like questions. Um, yeah. I so there was Instacart, DoorDash, mm-hmm. Square, Snap, Honey. Um, the startup that I keep talking about is called Literati. It was super cool, like a uh, children's literacy startup, uh, basically like a book subscription which totally yeah. aligned with my teaching background and everything. And everyone was so awesome there. And they also really valued me. So it was really hard to not go with them. And I ultimately didn't because Squ- I just, I think I need at this stage of my career, the the structure and, op- and just mm-hmm. opportunity to learn that Square gives with such a big engineering team. Um, but like a place like Literati is totally somewhere I would want to be in like, Five, 10 years from now, uh, when I when I don't feel like I need to learn, you know, have us, I mean, I'll always have stuff to learn, but like I really want to get mm-hmm. down the fundamentals of like my architecture stuff and all of that. Like I just need more focused experience like experiences with mm-hmm. a larger engineering team backing me. Um, oh, was that Was that six? Okay, that what were the other ones? Um, oh, Airbnb. Um they definitely um, ask some
0: like lead co questions, I feel like.
1: Well, um, Airbnb, no, it wasn't elite code question. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was going to be, but it wasn't, it was more iOS mm-hmm. related. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think there were some others in there. Oh, oh my gosh. Alo yoga was in there at one point where I would get a fat discount. Oh my god, but they Oh wait, they, oh,
0: I forgot that you talked to them, but you no. you
1: didn't end up doing a tech screen with them, right? No, too too early in the process. They're just building out their team. Um yeah. Um they're they're like in-house teams. So it was a little too yeah. a little too early for me, but um
0: that would also like I mean it's e-commerce, but I feel like it's it's still very much a content delivery app, which is yeah. Kind of what you're
1: working on at Headspace anyway. It wouldn't be that, that different. Yeah. True, true, true. Um, but yeah, there were a couple more in there uh, sprinkled in there that I'm not remembering, but those were the big ones. Um, and the on sites, the on sites that I was going to have were, well, I, I did Square and Instacart on sites, and I did DoorDash, and then I ended up not doing. Honey and Snap because mm-hmm. I already I already had offers yeah I'm going with Square so yeah um and and my trip was the next day so um so yeah I I casted too wide of a net like five on sites is way too much because you kind of mm-hmm. like you kind of know like you don't need to do that many you kind of know what yeah. or maybe schedule them like farther apart if you're not sure you're gonna get earlier ones um but what was your original question did I uh it was, it was just about like, if oh, you specifically targeted code. places that were not going
0: to do leak code questions. Yeah,
1: no, I didn't. But for some reason, I think, I so think, like the, out. I think the tides are changing, especially, especially for, my, for mobile interviews. They mm-hmm. know, like they recognize that that's just not an accurate uh, representation of a mobile engineer's skills. And so a lot of my stuff were actual, was actual projects. And I was building features in front of someone, which was scary, but it was like, you have so much to like, you, you have so much to do that. You're not sitting there freaking out about the solution. You're just like going, 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 seeing how much you can get done in an hour or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it just worked out that way. Um, but it's something you can totally ask the recruiter. And if you're not interested in doing a elite code interview you don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah. And I think it's totally fine to be like, I have I, I, like I need two weeks to prepare. I'm rusty on my, you know, I'm rusty on, I need a, you know, interview prep is, is mm-hmm. different than my normal job. I need some time to, to brush up on some of that stuff. So, um, that's definitely what I did and it was totally fine. Um, so what did your interview prep
0: look like then? Well, if, if anything, what okay. did you, what did you do to feel prepared going into the tech screens and then going into the onset? Cause I feel like you were kind of you know, you talked to the recruiter, you found out generally what the interview was gonna look like. And then were you basically just tailoring your preparations per interview?
1: Um kind of, but I would just get really tired and be lazy. And because I had so many, I would be like, Whatever, I'm not ready for this one, but here it comes. And it like just yeah. made me kind of more relaxed. And then I ended up doing fine. But the things that like helped me the most I did do lead code for about two weeks. I did some just problems here and there. Um, like balancing parentheses, balancing parentheses, like rocked that one. And then, um, but the thing that helped me the most was creating a project from scratch that just mm-hmm. hit a random endpoint and, uh, populated like a list of something because yep. that yep. came up that, that kind of task came up over and over. And that's something that you don't really do in your everyday life. Cause you're not creating new projects. You're not hitting fresh APIs and creating all the networking Mm -hmm. code, Like it's kind of stuff that's built into our, our projects at this point. So it's not like I'm doing it. So if you're not brushed up on that and you get that in an, in an interview, you're like, ah, um, some, some things I got were like skeleton projects, but some things were, Mm -hmm. were, were more from scratch. So that was the best thing I did because then that just made me more comfortable with that kind of stuff. Um, practicing displaying stuff, um, you know, any kind of UI, just like, just, just pra- a couple, like, I think I, I practiced maybe three times, like making apps from scratch and um, displaying a list of things. And then would you honestly, give yourself a time limit when doing no, that? Like, no, um, no, <laughs> I just, I just would do it a couple times and then kind of where I landed, landed, but just went with it. But, um, yeah some companies even give you the code ahead of time that you're going to be working on. So you can see it. I was shocked. Um, and, uh, and then the take homes, like I had two take homes and the take homes also helped me practice that because it was creating a project Mm -hmm. from scratch, you know, doing whatever the the things were. So by doing the take homes also was helping me study for the other things. Mm -hmm. And then I would just like every interview I went in, if there were questions I stumbled on or I knew I didn't really know or had bad explanations for, I would just like mark it down and like really go into it. And some of those things for me were like threading, um, at like thread safety, which I just, I know like there's, there's like one instance, you know, where you use the main queue for UI. I don't know if it's the same in Android, but, um, but there's, there's like something you, you kind of do frequently in iOS, but I'm never thinking about, I'm never writing that low level of like code to think about that stuff. So when it was asked of me, Mm -hmm. I was like, shoot, I really need to like brush up on what that (laughs) stuff is. Um, and then data structures, like how, what, what's kind of the most efficient way to, to store things or like cache things, um, persistence, like storing in local databases. Um, what was other stuff I stumbled on? Um, I mean, it was basically that stuff. It was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Displaying things, networking code, writing stuff in a testable way. What is dependency injection? Like, uh, how do you Ooh, I
0: love that one? Love dependency injection. Nobody understands it.
1: So no. And I like, I got in one. I got in one interview where I was like, okay, I would use, it was kind of like a system design one. I was like, okay, I would use, you know, dependency injection to, uh, you know, create, I don't even know what I was saying. I would, to create, you know, uh, inject this into the initializer. So then I could test this. And then Mm -hmm. he he was really like, okay, so what is dependency injection? I was like, um, it makes things more testable. Like I was, I I knew why, but I didn't really know what it was. Mm -hmm. And I just knew why we, why we do it. Um, and then, I was like, are you talking about the solid principles? He's like, oh, since you brought the solid principles up, what are those? And I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. I know single responsibility and that's it. O-L-I-D, don't know. But one of them has to do with in- dependency injection. Yeah, that yeah. was a super random question that I was like, this company is like, not for me. But um, but <laughs> that that kind of stuff, like there's some things that you, you know, but you can't fully explain or you don't know why you do it that way. So that was stuff I literally had writing
0: a post-it to myself to understand, <laughs> understand what the solid principles are in case,
1: <laughs> in
0: case someone asks me,
1: it, it, it it's nothing, if nothing else, they, they give you a framework to create things that are testable and scalable. Cause you'll see that a lot. You'll be like, I, you'll, the company will be like, we expect production ready code that is scalable and testable. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Um, and the solid principles hit on some of that stuff. And it just gives mm-hmm. you more talking points to explain answers. But, um, yeah, the, the, the other thing, a little more non-technical is like, which I kind of wish I, I kept better notes of things I did at headspace where like, you need to have a project that's pretty complicated that you can talk about from beginning yeah. to end, like inception, yeah. the product goals, the objectives, what you're going to test the metrics how you planned it, how you, how you interacted with other people, big one. I was mm-hmm. asked that everywhere, how you interact with backend, how you interact with products, QA, whatever, um, how you built it. Like, what are some of the technologies, how you like spiked and, and, and investigated different things, why you chose the approach you did. And then at the end, how you measured that, how you, how you, um, maintained that, all of that stuff. So I, I had to explain the same project like tons of different times. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I was like, am I even expl- <laughs> am I speaking English? Like I do not know. I seem to, I don't know. I don't know. It seemed to be, um, it seemed to be well received. Uh, but, but yeah, that's something like, like I would keep notes of stuff that you do, um, kind of like brag doc wise, like we kind of talk about, but also just mm-hmm. like, Technical stuff. Like, I even went back and looked at our tech specs from this project. Um, oh, wow. To see, like, wh- why we chose those things, the things we were considering, because they'll ask, like, were there other approaches you were considering that you didn't? Um, so, yeah, it's like th- those are the big things that I think came up over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. project from scratch, you're just hitting an API displaying stuff. Uh, so, like, the networking UI element, writing tests, writing tests from scratch. And then, um, and then being able to explain something you've built. And then obviously there's the behavioral stuff, but like I kill that obviously. So I didn't really have to prepare. I did prepare. I actually did prepare. I had mm-hmm. stories. I looked up like top behavioral interview questions and then I put them in a doc and then I just made myself come up with stories for each one. So I, cause they want mm-hmm. specific, they don't want you to be like, yeah, I work really well with the back end whenever we you know, like plan a project. They want you to be like this one time I, you know, whatever there was a conflict, you know, there was this one instance where I wanted to do it this way. They wanted to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And we compromised, whatever. Um, and, uh, I got interesting questions. Like what was your, um, what was your proudest day? um, oh. What or was like, your proudest day? Or like, what was your worst day? Um, I said, I said stuff about like building the wake up, which was also mm-hmm. off my, um, the, the system that I explained a lot because we had done a whole sprint-a-thon. The whole company was like pretty jazzed on it. It was a new technology, something we'd never done before. We did a quick like prototype, me and Patrick, and then we built it and it like had really good results. And so, and everyone was kind of like, yay. Like it, it felt like everyone was excited. Mm-hmm. Like it was going somewhere. So that was a pretty proud moment. Um, I had also was asked like your worst day um, or something that I guess maybe it wasn't worst day. Maybe it was, maybe it was like uh, something that didn't go well or a, or a decision you made that didn't work out. Um, I have so many of those. <laughs> those are good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think, but those ones, honestly, like were pretty, pretty easy. Like they just are looking for specific details and you to go into enough Mm -hmm. information. And they're always looking for people who are able to work well with others. Don't just go with their Mm -hmm. opinions and bulldoze people, people who are empathetic and, you know, have socio-emotional skills. Um, And I feel like that's, you know, that's something I luckily have, so it wasn't that stressful those interviews. <laughs> One more question. Um, what
0: were like what were like big sort of red flags for you that would cause you to like drop out of an interview process or stop considering a certain company?
1: Yeah, um, if I met with the hiring manager and I was like, Could I imagine myself reporting to this person and getting feedback and asking for feedback or asking for help? And like, do I feel comfortable with this person? Um, do I feel like someone's patronizing me? Um, I had one, it's actually that same solid principles interview, um, where he was really nice, but he, um, I don't know. I got this feeling that he I don't know. It was just such a. It was just a weird. It, I got a feeling that I kind of that he was amused by me. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, Ew, Not, not like in a, not, not in a weird like sexual way, but just in a way that. No, like, I, I know what you're. I know what you know. You're what I saying, mean, kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is cute. Like, I'm gonna like throw these trivia questions at her and, and like see if she can get them. And, um, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if that's. I think maybe we just were, had different different ways of communicating, mm-hmm. but, um he was trying to help, but the way he was helping made me feel worse. So like, that's Mm -hmm. a great sign that that's not for me. Like he, he was perfectly nice and wasn't trying to be, you know, a rude to me, but I, I felt so uncomfortable. So sometimes it's just maybe like a little patronizing. Yeah, no, definitely patronizing whether he meant to or not. It was just like, yeah, some people just be like that. (laughs) Some people be like that. Um, and, uh, And yeah. And, and like green flags were like, if we were just like really smiling in the interview and they were like, you know, yeah, or like adding on to what I was saying, or, um, I asked like my question to everyone, basically, you know, they always, it's so funny. They leave like five minutes for you to ask questions. And by that point, you don't want to ask them any questions. You're like exhausted from that one hour. You just had to like (laughs) speak for an hour, do the solution. Mm -hmm. Um, my questions were always like, They'll, they'll be like oh i've been here for 5 years. I'll be like well, okay you've been there for 5 years like what's keeping you there? Um and so get you know kind of get a little bit of the culture from that or um or what's what's something you're really excited about or what's something coming up that you're really excited about or something you've built recently you're really excited about kind of gauge their level of excitement and like engagement with the company um mm-hmm. one thing i heard from square was that people stay there a really long time. Like this one guy was like, I have friends that have been here seven, eight years. And that's just like, Oh my God, no, it's just like such a good sign. And I also had two different people on the interview tell me that they switched to iOS from like, they were just front end something else. Mm -hmm. And then they switched to iOS while at square and learned completely on the job from coworkers there and how everyone is willing to help and so excited to help. And like, those are just such green flags. Like you're yeah. not, you're not just being plopped in there to like complete your job in isolation. Like you are part of a team mm-hmm. that is supportive. Um, so that was something I was really looking for.
0: Yeah.
1: hundred percent. That's awesome. I know it's crazy that it's over. Um, yeah, my advice would be like, don't narrow, narrow down the companies a little more, have a reason why you're talking to each one besides like, you just mm-hmm. want to pass a wide net Maybe it's okay to cast a wide net in the beginning because the initial screens are only an hour. Um, yeah. Unless you Especially just to like get your feet wet yeah. in the interviewing pool. Like you really
0: are spooked and don't know what to expect. This is advice that I always give to people who I'm mentoring is like, just respond to a random recruiter, like at a company that you're like not dying to work at and take that first step step.
1: Yeah. Oh, another thing also is like reaching out to mentors you've had in the past um, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and ask them to do like mock interviews with you. So I had my mentor yeah. from Disney do that. he was super, super helpful. And that also helped elucidate some things that I was like, oh shit, I need to like get, I don't know that. So you're practicing in a safe environment, but it's pretty realistic. And they, they totally. interview people at their company. So they maybe ask you questions that, um, you know, they've, they've asked people before, so, yeah, yeah. um, that's someone, that's really something to lean on, but, but yeah, I I've made it out the other side. It feels great. Um, and I just feel really excited. I feel like I, I, I feel like I was in a little bit of just a, you know, just a rut where I've mm-hmm. was comfortable and I maybe wasn't learning as fast as I could have, because I, you know, you just kind of get in the zone and you're working on the same project and you just get, you know, it's just kind of the same, same old, same old, um, yeah. And I wasn't experiencing like new challenges as much as I was in the beginning. So, so yeah, that's, that's my story. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. (laughs) And then I just told my team Um, and I was bawling my eyes out. So that's another, we can do another episode on um, communicating. Yeah. Saying goodbyes. (laughs) change, communicating gratefulness, um, when you're leaving and leaving with grace. I actually gave four weeks notice to headspace. Cause I knew I was leaving and I had an offer and I was like, I'm going to give four weeks notice by that time. I'll have no, I'll know. Um, and so that kind of took some pressure off. Cause I was like, I gave notice. It's a little awkward to do it when you don't actually know where you're going, but I don't know. I feel like it's, yeah. it's a good. It's just a nice thing. But you do. had at least one offer that you would have been happy, yeah. Would have been happy taking. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, yeah, leaving is 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 hard. No matter how badly I want to leave, even the, like when I was teaching and I was like so ready to leave, I was yeah. there. I think I'm just bad with change, but it's okay. Just let That's it out. Hard. I also think it 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 makes your like what you're saying more genuine. Like my whole team just let me yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, guys. Like I don't know what's happening. Um. But, and hopefully it makes them feel that I'm not just like piecing out with without a care in the world. so
0: yeah, so, yeah, I don't me. think they would think that anyway, but
1: I cried Some people like, don't even say goodbye. I know right. they they just duck out in the in the, the cloak of night. I when I was in uh, elementary school, I would every every year at the end of the year, I would just ball like leaving my teachers um, oh my or leaving my class. <laughs> like it's just for some reason yeah. it's just really in my DNA, I hate change or like I hate endings. Um, yeah, but it's okay. Something that won't be ending will be this podcast, and I'll have a lot we're of new- literally just to <laughs> say that I have Taylor's a lot about of- to work with a lot more people, so we're gonna have a lot more guests that we can pull from. Totally, I'm gonna have so many, um, so many new experiences and and mm-hmm. opportunities. So I'm excited to keep this going, and I'm excited to. Broaden our reach and to give more energy back to the podcast. I haven't been posting on LinkedIn for the past month. And it's gosh, oh gosh where like I gotta get back <laughs> on there. So uh look People at are just I, dying for these updates. Can't wait for that that new job post always gets gets everyone mm-hmm. out of the woodwork. Um, so Thank I can't you. wait for that one. But but yeah, thanks for being along for this journey, everyone. And um, you know, I'll continue to give you updates on where I'm at. I'm not starting until August 2nd, so I have a little bit of time. Yeah. And I too will continue to give my updates
0: uh, right now. There are none. <laughs> I got a great manicure over the weekend. Unfortunately, you can't see it. Uh, but we am working with like a, it's like a neon yellow. Um, and for the first time I got a little, a little design, like a little bit of art on one of the nails um, and okay. it's a gel. So it's lasted more than a day. Uh, and I just felt like I needed to bring something from my life to this episode, which is why, which is why I wanted to discuss, um, this manicure that I got at this great place called Wondernail in little Tokyo, um, mm, shout in out. downtown Los Angeles, if you're ever in the area,
1: not an ad, um, <laughs> Yeah. You know, not that bothered. actually, that actually comes back to the interviews. It's kind of fun to have, um, <laughs> how does that come back to the interview? <laughs> it's kind of fun to like have nail colors in, in your zoom and look, we've oh, talked about yeah. this before. Um, but like in the actual interviews, you know, when yeah, you're yeah. stressed and you're like, my brain's not working and I don't know anything. And you're like, you know, just have some bright nails on it. Mm-hmm. It warms your heart. It's like, and, But you know what? Everything's okay. But everything's okay.
0: Because I got my nails done and therefore I am a strong independent woman.
1: (laughs) Therefore, I am put together. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And we are Mm -hmm. and we'll continue to be.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, and with that, we will catch you all next week.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.